Hello and welcome to the Our Dad Stamps podcast. My name is Pete West and I've spent half a lifetime collecting stamps and more than 10 years buying and selling them. In these podcasts I want to share some personal stories, tips and tricks that I've learned along the way and maybe encourage a few non-philatelists to take up this fascinating and absorbing hobby. I hope you enjoy the podcast. from our dad stamps for today's podcast i thought i'd talk about the british penny red the stamp that superseded the penny black in february 1841 and it continued to be used for normal letter post until november 1879 and during that time 21 billion stamps were printed so you can see it's not a rare stamp but it still holds an enormous amount of interest to collectors the world over. The first thing I'd like to say before we get into this podcast is that I am not an expert on penny reds. I have some knowledge which I hope to pass on to you, but this will not be an expert analysis of how to analyse and identify every single type of penny red. It is merely going to be an overview of what's out there and what's collectible and what isn't. The second thing I'd like to say at this point is the stamp isn't red. It's brown or orange or various shades in between. Uh, But it's called a penny red. And I can only assume that it was called the penny red because it replaced the penny black and it must have sounded good that you replace a black stamp with a red cancellation with a red stamp and a black cancellation. That can be the only reason I can think of that it's called a penny red. However, whatever you call the colour, it is still a very interesting stamp. And during its 38 year lifetime, went through a lot of changes, creating lots of variations and things for the collector to be interested in. These include two different watermarks, three different types of perforation, four different alphabets, stamps with two check letters, stamps with four check letters, and a whole low range of shades of the colour. So as I said, there's certainly a lot there for the collector. And we're going to look at these and, and discuss them in a bit more detail. Initially, as I said, it replaced the penny black. And after some trials with the colour, known as the rainbow trials, the colour was decided, whether you call it red, brown, orange, whatever, that was the colour that was decided would be best. The actual design of the stamp wasn't changed at all. It was exactly the same as the penny black. And in actual fact, they used the same plates as they used for the penny black, for the first printings of the Penny Red. The first Penny Reds, like the Penny Black, were imperforated and there were up to 177 plates used for those stamps. One of the first things you can do as a collector is try and collect all 177 plates. That is quite a mammoth task. 
and the last couple of plates were only used for a matter of weeks so they are extremely rare and very valuable so the chances of collecting those are fairly remote but if you do decide to collect all the plates how do you go about identifying them it's a difficult process but one that i have had some success with there is several methods available to to try and help identify the main thing is that the the letters in the bottom corners were hand punched in place and so each one of them is slightly different and you can get hold of copies of the imprimatur sheet that's a sheet that was sent to the post office for every new plate and so as an example of what the stamps look like and if you have a copy of all the imprimatur sheets which are readily available then you can compare your stamp with those stamps there is also a more mathematical way of doing this and there is a plating tool or even a computer program that takes loads of minute measurements of the position of these check letters and can match them up with known positions to help you find the correct plate for your particular stamp. Now, I haven't gone into that and it's very difficult to actually take those measurements accurately and then to transfer them. The method that I've used fairly successfully is by comparing the stamps I have with a copy of the imprimatur sheets. And by looking at the positions of the letters, sometimes they're slightly high, sometimes they're slightly to the left, sometimes to the right, sometimes down, sometimes there's a little quirk in the letter. So there's lots of different ways you can identify which plate it's from by matching them. The problem I hear you say is that there's 177 different plates and 240 stamps on each one of those plates. So it does present a bit of a mammoth task. However, there are ways to shortcut this. The first, particularly with the imperforated penny reds, is, and, and it's the one I've used, is to look for stamps with the Maltese cross cancellation. The Maltese cross cancellation ceased to be used in 1844. And by knowing when each plate was put into use, that means if your stamp has got a Maltese cross cancellation on it, it can only belong to the first 45 plates of the penny red. And so this narrows your search down a little. And as I've said, this is the area I've had reasonable success with and have successfully identified uh, most of the stamps in the first 45 plates. There are forums and groups online that specialize in checking plate numbers. And what I did was try and identify the plate number myself and then go onto the forums and ask the question, I think this is plate such and such. Could anyone confirm or deny that um, that way at least you are putting some of the effort in and you're also learning as you go along I find that some people just stick a stamp on and say can you identify this for me it's asking a lot for other people to give them a free service 
Uh, but it's also a lazy way of doing it. You should at least make the effort. You're certainly not going to learn if you just ask someone else to, to, to try for you. So it's worth giving it a go. I must admit, I found it really interesting and quite satisfying when I correctly identified the plate numbers. As I said, I've got most of the first 45 plates. I haven't gone any further than that. It gets more complicated. Um, it is certainly something I can look at, look into in the future. But at the moment, I'm happy that I've got up to plate 45 and they've all got Maltese cross cancellations on them. The next thing you can collect with the Imperv Penny Reds is to do with the actual cancellation, the Maltese cross cancellation. There are quite a few different types of Maltese cross, which are identifiable if you know what you're looking for. And again, the list of these and pictures of these Maltese crosses are readily available on the internet or even in the Stanley Gibbons Specialist catalogue. But also in London, they experimented with putting numbers inside the Maltese cross. So you can also collect penny reds with numbers inside the Maltese cross cancellation. And they go up to 12. So there's not a huge amount to collect, but it's quite satisfying having all of the whole set. And finally, with the Imperf penny reds, the last 45 plate numbers used a different alphabet. Uh, the letters, the corner letters that were stamped into each stamp changed the, the layout of the letters slightly and it's known as alphabet two. So they can be more easily identifiable than the first 130 odd. Again, I find it difficult to distinguish between the alphabets. There are actually four different alphabets used and I find it difficult to, to distinguish between any of them. But with studying and looking around, it, it does become easier and it's something that could help you with the identification. In 1850, the post office experimented with using perforations to separate the stamps. The first few trials were unsuccessful and included uh, rouletting, which if you could get hold of one of those, they are worth an, an awful lot of money. Eventually though, they uh, came up with a good design that worked and decided to use Perf 16 to separate the stamps. Within a year, they realized that the, the stamps separated too easily and changed it to Perf 14. And also at the same time, the watermark changed from small crown to large crown. So it is possible to find a Perf 16 with a small crown watermark and a Perf 16 with a large crown watermark, as well as a Perf 14 with a small crown watermark and a Perf 14 with a large crown watermark. So there's another four different items for you to collect just in that little uh, selection. And as with all the others, they were using different plates all the time to produce these stamps. And you can identify these plates with more understanding and more studying of the positioning of the, the, num uh, the letters in the corners. These perforated penny reds are often known as penny red stars 
because I have the check letters in the bottom corners and in the top two corners is what at first glance looks like a star. But in 1864, the post office decided to, for added security reasons, to put check letters in all four corners. So we come up with another variation on the uh, penny red. And these penny reds were also redesigned to have the plate number engraved in the lacework on both sides of the stamp. So they are quite easy to identify and make your life as a collector much easier. And another area to collect, again, which I have pretty successfully done, is to collect all the plates of the penny reds with four check letters in the corners. They run from plate number 71 up to plate 225. And each plate varies in its value but mostly it is only they would only cost you a few pence to buy one. The most expensive plate number is plate 225, the last one, which only lasted a few weeks and so has quite a significant value. Unless, of course, you can find the elusive plate 77. This is a rather enigma of British stamp collecting. Plate 77 was officially rejected by the post office and destroyed. However, a few of them have shown up and it's not quite certain how these came about, whether a whole sheet has been released in error or whether just a few were taken off the initial sheet. But the ones that have turned up are in odd places, so it would appear that perhaps a whole sheet did turn up. However, only seven have been found. And this makes plate 77 penny red one of the most expensive stamps in Britain. The last time uh, one came up for sale at auction, it sold for half a million pound. So if you find one with plate 77 on it, then hang on to it. Beware though, because it's valued so highly, there are people out there that will produce forgeries. It's easy, relatively easy, to scrape off the one from a plate 177 and make it look like plate 77. It's also easy, fairly easy to misread the 77 as well. So you need to be careful. There is only seven known in existing. So if you come across one, I would suggest it's probably a forgery, but you would certainly need to get it verified. There are a couple of other plates in that series that don't exist, that were rejected and have never come up. That's plate 75, plate 126 and plate 128. But all the others between 71 and 225 do exist. So it's quite fun to collect one of each of those. One further possibility in your collecting is to collect what's called a sheet reconstruction. Because penny reds are relatively cheap and easy to get hold of, it's not prohibitively expensive to collect the, a reconstruction of a complete sheet. That is all 240 positions in a sheet from AA through to TL. For those of you that don't know how a sheet is set up, there are 12 stamps in each row and 20 rows. This made 
the calculating easier for the cashier because for those of you old enough to remember pre-decimal money, there were 12 pence in a shilling. So a strip, a whole strip of penny reds would cost a shilling and two strips would cost two shillings and so on. And there were 20 shillings in a pound. So with 20 rows of 12, that adds up to a pound. So a complete sheet would cost you a pound. And they are lettered along the top from AA, AB, AC up to AL, which is the 12th letter of the alphabet. And then the second row is BA, BB, BC up to BL, then CA, CB, D and so on until you get to the letter T, the 20th letter in the alphabet. Hence you go from AA to TL. And again, it's quite fun to collect uh, a whole reconstructed sheet and it may be something that you would be interested in doing. One final area that you could look at for collecting is of course the errors that occurred in these stamps. Naturally enough, when that amount of stamps is produced, there are some mistakes made. There are also some things which break on the plate and are repaired. So that gives you some other things to look out for. Sometimes letters were punched in twice, so you get double letters and a whole host of varieties are listed. The most famous error is on plate 77 of the Imperf uh, Penny Reds, in which the A from the bottom right hand corner of the check letters was missing. It's from stamp BA and it should have BA along the bottom, but they forgot to, to stamp the A in there. So it's just B and then blank. One of these will be worth tens of thousands of pounds. So uh, it's worth looking out for, but you're unlikely to find one by mistake. Another quite striking error is from plate 75 of the Imperf Penny Reds, where the, the star at the top was stamped twice, which makes it look, in some people's eyes, makes it look like the Union Jack. So again, look out for this one. Specialist collectors can find all sorts of re-entries and double letters and recuts, um, but that is beyond the, the remit of this particular podcast. But I hope you found it interesting and maybe has given you some thoughts and some ideas about what to look out for. If this has inspired you to start collecting penny rids, then please let us know and uh, perhaps get in touch and I can help point you in the right direction for further advice or further information. Thank you for listening and we'll see you again in a couple of weeks on our Dad Stamps podcast. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and maybe you've learnt a little too. I would love to hear from you with your tips and stories. I can be found on Facebook and Instagram as Our Dad Stamps, as well as through my online shops at eBay and Delcamp. Listen again next week for another episode of the Our Dad Stamps podcast.